Hallelujah. We thank you, blessed Redeemer, as we've come this very moment in this podcast. We ask that you minister unto us and give us a breakthrough in our Christian lives so that we can really overcome the spirit of haughtiness and pride. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You welcome once again to our postcards. Uh, we really want to tell, thank God for what He's been teaching us in this very podcast. We give Him all the glory, and uh, and I believe that we are having time to go through and meditate upon what we're sharing here because all of them are scriptural and these are the things that are going to help us in our journey back to heaven we previously talked about how to kill pride haughtiness ego and uh, all kinds of things that wants to make us to blow up more than what we are to talk and to boast and uh, we really need to get rid of it as Christians so in this very episode we're talking about how then can we kill this pride like we can know truly that there is nothing that pride haughtiness uh, has to do in the life of every heaven-bound Christian. If we will be like Christ, like he said, follow me, we should live opposite of pride, that is humility. We have to be meek and humble. Uh, I want us to see the book of Matthew chapter 11. From verse 29. Matthew 11. Okay, let's read from verse 28. I read from the King James Version of the Bible. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lonely in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Hallelujah. Our Savior calls us as believers to learn of Him. We, we shouldn't learn of the evil one and his children. Because like we shared before in the Bible, in the, in the book of First John, it said that all that is in the world is lost of the eyes, lost of the flesh, and the pride of life. We're not going to learn from people who are not in the grace of Jesus Christ. Neither are we going to learn from 
the lifestyle of the fallen angel who was cast out of heaven because of pride. Jesus said, learn of me, I am meek and lonely in heart. I'm humble, I'm meek. And we can see the lifestyle of Jesus Christ when he lived here on earth. He was humble, he wasn't boasting, he was meek. So we, we, we can understand that uh, this pride and boastings that come out, you know, uh, where people want to make up their emptiness or impress people, uh, along the line, you see Christians lying because they want to try to impress someone and they get into falsehood. So like we said, pride is a corrupting spirit. It's a corrupting vice. It's not a virtue. Uh, for instance, there's nothing wrong in someone being beautiful. But this very wicked spirit and vice and poison of, of pride will now go to a beautiful someone and say, Oh, you're beautiful. Uh, show them you're beautiful. Show. We don't need to show. So God is beautiful. He created us to be beautiful. There's nothing about it. But the enemy comes to corrupt everything that is good. Everything that God has created. Everything. He wants to corrupt everything. He's not going to corrupt our lives in Jesus' name. There's nothing wrong in success. Yes. God is a successful uh, father. He's the maker of everything. He has the silver and the gold. You know, He makes us successful. So we don't need to... Uh, allow uh, any pride to get into our life because we are successful. Uh, pride comes into wearing good clothes. Now, I, I want to be practical because uh, uh, when you get born again, God deals with pride. Okay? He removes it from you. He, he crushes your ego and your pride on the cross for truly born again Christians. And if you don't want to let go... He's going, to, he's going to come back to have some dealings with you. Okay? So, we are now born again Christians. We don't have pride in us. But the evil one will come to tempt you of pride when you wear clothes, you know. Uh, maybe when you borrow a new car, go and show them. Uh, you know, it, 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 it puts into anything... To be proud of our wife, our husband, our dad, our children, you know, uh, to show off and, you know, to boast and, you know, bring up our ego. You know, he, 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 he corrupts everything. So we are not saying that to be beautiful and to be successful, to have a beautiful wife or husband or children uh, or to have money and wealth uh, or to be successful in life or to be tall or short, you know, or, you know all these things, uh, or, or, or our lineage and where we are coming from, they are all good. There's nothing wrong in anything good that God has given unto us. Hallelujah. But you, you know, it is in these good and legitimate, le, legitimate things and blessings that God has given unto us that the enemy wants to come and tempt us to be proud. He tempted the Lord Jesus Christ after in Matthew chapter 4, after he went into fasting and prayer, he wanted to make Christ to be proud. You know, is it, you say you're the son of God? You want to prove it? Can you prove it to the world? Can you prove it to the angels and the demons who are watching there in the spiritual world? Okay, come over here. 
on top of this pinnacle of the temple just throw yourself down and you know remember this reading that the angels will bear your feet so you're not going to dash your stone uh, leg upon the stone already god's promise has covered you god's promise you know protection is already there of old just do it show them you have the power show them you are the son of god and, and these are the some of the ways that 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 the christians can get into pride even after they are born again and sanctified, the enemy keeps on tempting, keeps on tempting to see if we're going to be like him. But we are not going to be like him in Jesus' name. We are going to be as humble as Christ has taught us to be, as meek and quiet and, and lowly of heart. Hallelujah. So uh, you see that, uh, like I can say, honestly, there's no reason to be proud, uh, you know, about man's fallen nature is what brings all these things and we have to kill this pride how do we kill this pride number one by true repentance when we repent from our sins and really get to the cross of calvary for the lord to touch us it's going to remove that very it's going to break us and going to purge us from anything of the world that will make us to glory Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 said that when a man is in Christ the new creature all things have passed away all things have become new the new life in Christ does not have pride in it hallelujah and again number two we're going to go and get sanctified we are uh, after we have gotten born again there is the inner Adamic nature that goes to the heart. We can sometimes see our heart. We are thinking evil thoughts. We are, you know, even the prayer can be trying to stem off from there. I want to put it down. It comes up. We correct ourselves. It's like a battle. There are other moral issues that can come up from the heart. So that was why Jesus prayed for our sanctification. That we will sanctify. We will, that means set ourselves apart, cut off from the world, consecrate our life to Christ and say, God, purge my heart, make me pure within. And Jesus Christ prayed this prayer for you and for I, for me, and for the entire church, that God will sanctify us, that God will purify us, and give us a heart of flesh. A heart that is devoid of pride, of uncleanness, of the corruption of the human nature. Uh, you can know before Christ went to the cross, the, the, the disciples were struggling to know who would be the greatest. There's a lot of carnality who will sit at the right hand and the left hand. The sons of thunder with their, wife, with their mother wanted to get better position for their children. There's a, it's called a, a, a kind of scheming and the, the quarreling and the, the flesh was much. But Jesus called them and told them that they need to be sanctified in Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, he prayed uh, for you and for, uh, for me. In Matthew chapter 17 from verse uh, for, for thing. I have given them thy word and their word, the word have hated them because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world I pray not that thou shalt take them out of the world 
but thou should keep them from evil. They are not of the world as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth, for thy word is truth. Hallelujah. So we, we, we the, the Jesus prayed that we should be sanctified and this cleansing of the Adamic nature in the heart gets rid of all this pride. You know, you, when Christians are not sanctified, you can still the element of pride in them get sanctified so that the inner one will go out while the outer one went out as salvation on the cross of Calvary. The Lord now need to do a second work of grace in your heart, in my heart, so that we can be pure within and without. Hallelujah. So you can find out that the third way we can get rid of pride is to get the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, it said that you shall receive power, that after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, that you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. When you receive that power from high, when you pray and tarry and pray to receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the fire of Holy Spirit is going to come up and burn off every remnant of, 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 of the works of the flesh in our lives. And then God will give us the power, hallelujah, which he has given us in salvation, will be reactivated and will be, you know, will be reloaded, uploaded, I would say, <laughs> uploaded, so that we can have a greater grace to live a humble life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So after the Spirit's baptism, we have to move on. Amen. We have to move on. That's the last one. Uh, the fourth one. To fight a good fight of faith. Amen. Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. And when we hear or hear people preaching, fighting a good fight of faith is not only spiritual warfare, binding the devils and doing this and doing that. We really need to fight the flesh. <laughs> we really need to fight every uh, uh, every area that the enemy will bring the works of the flesh, like lying, like haughtiness and pride, like all these unclean thoughts, we really need to fight and fight and fight uh, through prayer. Well, I have a proof of this. All of us know that the Paul the Apostle was a humble man. He got born again. He was a lawyer. He was a teacher of the law. But when he got born again, he was humbled himself, he was serving God, he forsook the world, and you can imagine a doctorate degree holder in law became a tent maker. One would say, yes, Brother Paul is a humble man. Now, uh, there are things God would like to touch in our lives to get control us through the Holy Spirit as we advance in life. When success is coming, when the glory is coming, when promises are coming, you know, you know, you know, it's like you, you, you have to be very careful. And Paul the Apostle is telling us that God had to humble him so that he couldn't get proud simply because he had a lot of revelation. He had a lot of spiritual experiences. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 
verse 21. He said, my God will humble me. God will send us into things and places that will humble us more and more. So if you are saying you're humble, you have not finished uh, in, in that very school. If I'm saying I'm a humble man of God, I've not, God has not finished. I've not reached the gate of heaven yet. I've not entered into glory. So God will keep on uh, uh, cleansing us, keep on, uh, 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 how do I say, not cleansing us, fashioning us, purging us, purifying us to make us to be very precious for his glory hallelujah hallelujah so some people may be passing through things you might have lost your job you lost your uh, uh, estate or your business uh, don't just give up humble yourself you might be uh, you might do certain things that are under your profession under your integrity before you have to do it to survive you know if you're married to bring bread on the table so when things like that happen god wants you to go down humble yourself pick that little job pick that little business you don't need to mind what people will say oh i'm formerly this here i am now i'm riding a car now now that i'm you don't people no one has anything do they help you do they lift you up do they care for you so it's the lord who makes you what you are and he's the one who's going to bring you back I'm just giving that as an example so that we don't look at people. When we are passing through stuff, go down. The way up is down. And the Lord said that he lifted up the humble and he resisted the proud. You know, the proud people will not like to go and ask for help. They won't like to go come to prayers. They won't like to do anything. They will bask in on the glory of when things were good for them. They can't go nowhere. So God Ask us uh, to do something. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will raise us up in due season. First Peter chapter five verse six is saying that humble yourself. We need to be humble. Uh, we need to keep our body under. Hallelujah. I want to read that in Second Timothy chapter three verse six. Paul said, "I keep myself under." I keep my body under. I keep my body under. So that after I have after I have uh, uh, after I have preached this gospel, I will not be a castaway. So we keep we put ourselves under <laughs> under the grace of God, under the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we begin to fight a good fight of faith. Hallelujah. So by the grace of God. These are the ways God can help us by go ahead to fight this very terrible vice that is called pride. Uh, oh, we have to get into self-denial in Psalm 35 verse 13. He said, I humble my soul through fasting. We can humble our soul through fasting because anybody that doesn't humble himself God will bring that person down in time and in, in eternity. In Isaiah 10 verse 13, the Bible said, The haughty, the proud shall be humbled. So God has a way to bring anybody or anything down so that no one, no one 
will glory in his sight. Hallelujah. And also in Acts chapter 20 verse 19, the Lord says, serve God in humility. Serve God in humility. So we have to resist it. Uh, I give an example of myself. There are times uh -oh, the enemy will try to tempt me. Yeah, I, I, I you know, you, you show off. You, I say, no, no, no. I say, no, 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 no. Go through this way or go this. So we have to think about what goes on in our heart. Christ can easily jump down from that pinnacle of the temple. He has the right to do it. He can do it. But the devil does not need to tell us what we'll do. So how do I come into conclusion? Fight against pride. As long as we're in this temple, this body, we should fight against pride. When success comes, the enemy will try to come to tempt us with pride. We should resist him. The Bible says resist the devil. He's going to flee from us. Hallelujah. So when we resist the enemy, is going to, God is going to bless us and lift us up to another level. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want to conclude with Ezekiel chapter 7 verse 10. Pride leads to destruction. That is why we should avoid anybody that is uh, 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 that, 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 that has this tendency of making us to be proud. Trying to tell us not to go with these people. They are low, they are this, they are that. You have to get off from any appearance of this evil of pride. Okay? So, any believer who wants to make heaven on the last day should say no and resist the flesh and resist enemies and so-called friends that will try to make you to raise your ego or to make you to be proud or haughty or arrogant. Hallelujah. So, in the book of Ezekiel, we can see that God judged Sodom and Gomorrah is not because of uh, sexual perverseness they, they were practicing. It was also because the land of Sodom was a prosperous land. They lacked nothing. There's nothing they need that they don't have. But as a result of that, do you know that Sodom and the cities of Gomorrah, in spite of their sexual perversion and immorality, and uh, they, 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 they were proud. In Ezekiel chapter 7, okay, I'm going to read from verse 10. And we can see that God has not changed. He's going to judge the pride of men. Of course, we know that no proud person can enter heaven. If Christ came here and humbled himself, came down here and uh, see his birth where he was born, so humble and taught us to be humble, I don't think the gate of heaven can ever open for any proud individual, no matter who he or she is. If heaven can open for the pride, that means there will be chance for this evil one to go back. But God is final in his judgment. He said, be you holy as I am. People who are proud are not holy. Uh, they can speak in tongues. They can do miracle. They can do so-called miracle. And it, 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 it's not, we have to be like Christ. In Ezekiel, uh, yeah, in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel tells us that the sin of Sodom, the sin of Sodom, 
was pride and haughtiness. Okay? They were so proud. They were so haughty. Uh, they couldn't in any way uh, honor God in spite of the things that God has done in their lives. So we should, by the grace of God, resist pride. And as we go to God in prayer, we have to tell God to help us, help us, O oh God, to be humble like Christ. Help us, O oh God, to be meek. Help us, O oh Lord, to be in the image of Christ Jesus, the one who died for us, the one who left his glory, the one who humbled himself, okay, the one who is coming back again, because he's going to come to judge the world, and as he's coming, he's going to judge the bride of men. He's going to bring people down on that day. Those who have exalted themselves against God can never, ever, ever stand on that very day. But we are asking God, who has the power to do all things, to give us the grace. Amen? To give us the grace to overcome. And if God gives us the grace to overcome, we are going to live a, a very quiet life. We're not going to be in a haste or in a hurry or under the pressure of uh, anyway, uh, under the pressure of uh, having to please anybody. But, beloved, we will just live our normal life pleasing only the Father. And the blessings of God is said, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to lift you up. He lifts us the humble. I pray that God will lift us up in the name of Jesus Christ. So let's read that back Ezekiel chapter 16. Ezekiel 16, I'll read verse 48. He said, As I live, said the Lord God, Sodom, your sister, has done she, nor ha has not done she, nor her daughters, as thou hast done, and thy daughters. Behold, this is the iniquity of your sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in her, and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. And they were haughty, proud, and committed abomination before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. Hallelujah. So God was telling uh, 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 his people that what they are doing is more than what Sodom has done. But what Sodom is doing in their pride, in their abomination, God has to remove them. So God judges the proud. And I pray that God will give us the grace to live a humble life and to resist the evil one. Father, we thank you this moment. We just pray that you give us the grace to overcome this very vice. Never allow us, oh my God, to be entrapped in the trappings of pride, haughtiness. But make us meek and humble like the Savior. Thank you, Father, for answered prayers. Thank you, beloved friends. God bless you. Hallelujah.
Amen. Amen. Through your word, as we read this word, God of Jacob, and through your word, minister life unto us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Psalm 92 from verse Amen. 12 to 15. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. Thank you so much, my sister. Blessed Father, we thank you for this day, for your word is forever settled in heaven. For it is your will that we should flourish. If your will that we who are born again Christians, that are planted in the house of our God, shall flourish in your court. Holy Father, promotion cometh not from the east nor from the west, but from you. Therefore, Father, as we've come, even this day, in humility, in simplicity of the belief in the Word of God, that, Lord, even now unto old age, we will be fat and flourishing in your grace, in your mercy, in your peace, in your prosperity, and in your holiness. Thank you, precious Father, for answered prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So once again, I welcome all of us. And uh, briefly from where we read this very moment, I want to speak about the flourishing of the righteous. And you know, when the scripture speaks about flourishing, it's like an endless, it's an endless flow of good things, an endless flow of peace, an endless flow of prosperity, an endless flow of purity, an endless flow of protection, in fact an endless flow of every blessedness of God that we have received from our father Abraham, sealed with the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary's cross. The righteous must flourish. And we know that somewhere in the scriptures, the Bible said that whatever we lay our hands upon shall prosper. So God in his own ordination and will has destined that every child of God will flourish in everything we are doing regardless the season. So God is in his world is comparing the righteous uh, with the palm tree and you know one of the things you know about the palm tree genetically most palm tree especially in Africa they are very tall okay they are very tall and a believer a child of God should stand tall above their contemporaries, above their mates, and 
And whatever they are doing in education, he said they will be the head and not the tail. They will be above and not beneath. Okay? God also makes us to know that he lifted up the humble high. So when we talk about heights, heights in academics, heights in human endeavor, heights in our profession, we're going to find out that the Lord wants the righteous. He has made it that the righteous should stand tall as a palm tree. And it might surprise you in most of my researches on all the scientists that uh, of decades ago, centuries ago, that uh, that 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 invented or set out most of the things that we are using today. Many of them believed heavily in God, like Michael Faraday. You look at all these people that 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 invented all these things. The, in the early days, they know that their inspiration came from the Lord God of heaven. Hallelujah. So we should stand tall. You should know that you must stand tall by hard work, by honest labor, by your integrity as a believer. You should stand tall to, you know, to excellently excel in all the things that you are doing. This is the will of God. The palm tree remains one of the tallest trees in tropical Africa. I'm talking about Africa now. Our palm trees are so tall. They excel height above other trees. May you flourish in height. May you flourish in success as high and even higher as the palm tree. Hallelujah. The next thing we can get out of the palm tree is that every part of this tree has a kind of economic and uh, agricultural benefit to the owner. When I come with the palm leaves, we use the palm leaves to do rafters. Okay? Uh, in my country and continent in Africa, and even in Asia and many other places, we find out that the palm tree uh, is used to do rafters or ceiling uh, or roof before the corrugated iron sheets come into existence. Our great-grand-grandfathers were not beaten by the rain because God gave them the wisdom and the knowledge to use the palm, the palm leaf to make rafters or roof over their head. Hallelujah! Then we also see that in that palm leaf, uh, out of it, we also make brooms uh, with which we used to sweep and keep the compounds clean. So the palm leaf is also used, uh, the, 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 
The stick is used as broom all over the centuries and even now. This is what comes out from the palm tree. Next, we also see that the palm fruit itself is a nourishment. It's a very good source of fiber and oil with rich vitamins. From it, we press out oil, which is called the palm oil. We use in cooking and we use in doing all sorts of uh, you know delicacies elsewhere far and near so the palm oil is a very wonderful nutritious you know uh, product of the palm tree the next thing we see the palm knot we don't throw it away we break the palm knot right inside the palm knot is the palm kernel we chew it is very good you know it clears the system it's like a fiber then we can we also compress the uh, the palm kernel to bring out palm kernel oil okay so we can see now that two kinds of oil is coming out from the palm tree so the Bible is trying to let us know the blessedness the fruitfulness of every believer every righteous soul here on earth is fruitful and uh, how do i say brings out profit brings out blessings for those around him or her as being a child of god so from that very palm uh, oil uh, uh, palm kernel oil we can is a kind of medication uh, there's also uh, other things they do with it yes they do with these other things I'm coming I'm not finished now we can see that uh, when the palm kernel uh, is being brought out the ectodermis the, uh, the outer space of that very palm knot is also when it is broken it is used uh, is a very good fuel for fire when you put it in the fire it helps the firewood to burn and it is sold for economic benefits too so the palm tree goes on that even the uh, the palm tree itself when it's when it is cut down it is used to we use it to do beams in buildings okay we also use it to uh, to put as uh, a wedge against erosion, and also it burns, it burns, it burns too when you want to use it for firewood. So the palm tree is very, very profitable and productive to anybody that has it. So what the Bible is telling us to see that. You can see that the palm tree is flourishing. Most of the people that have palm tree foundation, plantation, you're going to find out that they, 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 they are gaining from the palm front, they are gaining from the broom, they are gaining from the oil, they are gaining from the, uh, the kernel, they are gaining from the, uh, uh, the, 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 the back of the kernel that is used for food. So they sell all these things and they make money. And I want to tell you, they are flourishing. So the great God of heaven is telling us how it is with you and I. 
that it is the will of God that we should flourish in anything we are doing our life should be a blessing blessing to the family blessing to that community blessing to uh, uh, the place that we work in fact remember what the Bible says uh, that we are the salt of the earth we are the light in the world that shineth in the world so God is letting us to know that even as a palm tree is planted in verse 13 he said that those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God hallelujah so it's like the palm tree right now you and I in that symbol we are now planted in the house of our God in Mount Zion in the church in the community where we are in the household of God the word of God is telling us that is the will of God that we should flourish like the palm tree everything we lay our hands upon shall prosper hallelujah we shall be a blessing we shall receive favor from God we shall be blessing to anybody that comes around us hallelujah because we are in the courts of our God we are in the presence of God we are in the household of God so it is the will of God that we will flourish brother you will flourish my sister we will, you will flourish regardless of the situation right now is the will of God that you will flourish and we are praying this day that anything that is stopping us from flourishing anybody any oh I don't know how to say it whatever it is that the God of Jacob the mighty God of Israel will remove every obstacle financial obstacle professional obstacle all the hindrances from our health from the system where we are from the organization where we are whatever is not of God even from enemies or forces of darkness that is making us not to flourish that God will remove it father we pray that you remove it father we pray that you remove it that we will flourish according to your word in Psalm 92 where we have read holy father from verse 12 to 15 in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth amen and amen amen and amen I love verse 14 he say they shall still bring forth fruit in old age they shall be fat and flourishing hallelujah regardless how old we are we shall still bring forth fruit that's the word of God remember that Sarah our mother was more than 90 years old she still brought forth fruit Isaac was the fruit of her old age and in my generation some people will tell me I'm 40 years I'm 50 years I've passed my manifold menopause I can't give birth to a child no sister the word of God said that you shall flourish in old age brother you shall flourish in old age that's the word of God as long as we are living a pure and holy life 
living a life of faith and serving God, the Lord said that no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly before him. Hallelujah. You will flourish in old age. You will flourish in your business. You will flourish in your ministry. Your mental faculties, oh my goodness, will be sound even at old age. The organs in your body will be sound and, and, and strong even at old age. At the age of 100, Moses could go in and come out. His intellect was not impaired. His knowledge, his eyes, everything was okay. He was strong. At the age above 80, Joshua was, Caleb was still able to go out for battle. And I remember Caleb, when Caleb, oh my goodness, moved out with Joshua to spy the land when Moses was leading Israel. The ten spies came out with a bad report. But Caleb and Joshua stilled them and said, we are able to go and conquer and take that land. And God blessed Caleb and Joshua. He told Caleb and Joshua that that very place that you went to spy shall be your land of inheritance. So God blessed Caleb even before the they entered into Canaan land to possess Canaan land. Hallelujah. And at the end of it, so many years has passed. 40 years has passed. And at the end of 40 years, Israel was about to get into, uh, into the promised land. And Caleb went unto Joshua. He said, Joshua, do you remember what the man of God, what the man of God, Moses, told us when we went to spy out the land? He said, Joshua, the Lord gave us, gave me that very land. Now give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. I am able to go and possess it. Although I'm now 80 years, I can still go into battle and come back as I used to do 40 years ago. Hallelujah. The Bible says, as your age, so shall be your strength. So what the Bible is telling us here. The righteous shall flourish as a palm tree. And I want to tell you, the palm tree is one of the trees that have a very, 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 very long lifespan. Hallelujah. The Lord is promising us we shall not die before our time. The pestilences and the turnout of weather does not destroy the palm tree. It stands strong and erect. I want to tell you, even the winds and the storm, the palm tree remains where it is. The palm tree can bend to the wind and bend to the storm. It doesn't break. Hallelujah. Because the palm tree is rooted. The root is strong. The root is strong inside the ground. Oh, hallelujah. And that is how the Lord has made the righteous to be. 
the righteous, the righteous, the believer who has walked away from the world, who has separated from the world and wickedness, the righteous who lives the righteous and holy life, the righteous who is serving the great Jehovah, the righteous who is living by the word of God, the righteous who is, how do I say it? Consecrated and sanctified can never be moved by the storms of life. Hallelujah. Can never be moved by anything that is moving the world. If you can listen very well now, you can see that they are saying that the COVID 19, there's another virus more terrible than the one that has come. They say they discovered it in South Africa and it's like, wow. And people are scared. People are saying, what am I, what, what are we going to do? And it's like the very vaccine here, they say it will be a child's play. It will be a child's play, brother, sister, to work what they have experienced over there in South Africa. Hallelujah. The righteous shall not perish. The righteous shall stand. The righteous shall remain because they are rooted on God. And that's why Jesus was asking this question. He was asking this question. Where do people have their foundation? And that place we have read has told us that the righteous are planted in the courts of our God. Where are you planted? Where am I planted? What is the confidence of your Christianity? Is it faith in God? Is it faith in the power of God to keep you from all harm? Is it faith in the power of God to keep you pure and holy? Is it faith in the mercy and the promise of God to deliver you from all evil? That was why Jesus, when he taught in Matthew chapter 7, in all his teachings, he wants us to build upon the rock. He wants us to build upon the infallibility of the word of God. He wants us to build in the immutability of the doctrines of the Bible, the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, not the teaching of any man or any woman, not the philosophy of men. Hallelujah. That was why Jesus said here, in Matthew chapter 7 verse 24, that whoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto the wise man that built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not for it was founded upon the rock. Is your faith founded upon the rock Jesus Christ who said I am the way, the truth and the life that no man comes unto the Father by me is the faith founded upon the word of God that God said he will not judge the wicked with the righteous the righteous with the wicked he will not punish the righteous with the wicked does your faith stand upon the rock the doctrines the word of God and Jesus Christ the author and salvation of our faith the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ 
which is able to protect us from every infirmity, from every pestilence, from everything that is evil. Jesus said, the storms of life will come, the winds of the winds of pandemic can come. Anything can come to beat that house is not going to fall because we are standing upon the rock. Hallelujah. And the songwriter says, My hope is built on nothing but Jesus' love and righteousness. I then not trust no other friend but holy lean on Jesus' name and Christ the solid rock I stand all on the ground is sinking sand all on the ground is sinking sand everything will sink every other rock will sink any other thing that anybody any Christian puts his or her confidence in will surely fall and fail. But when we look unto Jesus, when we believe the word of God literary, when we open and search the scriptures, we're going to find faith and hope. We're going to find that the God of Israel, the great I am that I am, he changed not. Our hope is built on nothing less. Christ author and the finisher of our faith. Christ, the New Testament, He is the fulfillment of all the prophecies and all the prophetics, of all that is written in Old Testament. He said, I am the Lord, I change it not. He said, behold, I have overcome the war. Hallelujah. We are planted in the house of the Father. And we shall flourish. And I pray this day that anything that is making you not to flourish, anything that is making me not to flourish spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, morally, emotionally, and otherwise, that the mighty great God of Israel will break such a yoke even now in the name of Jesus Christ. For Galatians 3.13 says that Jesus Christ has delivered you from the curse of the law. For it is written that cursed is he that hanged upon the tree, that the blessings of Abraham will come unto you. Father, in the name of Jesus, you planted us upon the solid rock. We can never be moved. Thank you, Lord. We shall flourish like the palm tree. Everything we lay our hands upon shall be blessed. We shall be a blessing. Our children shall be a blessing. Our talents will be a blessing. Our labor will be a blessing. In the school will be a blessing. Even there in the workplace, anywhere we are, your light will shine in our life. Hallelujah. Thank you, precious Redeemer, for answered prayers. 
God bless you. Begin to give God praise. He has planted you in the house of our God, in the courts of the Lord. Nobody can run you down. Nobody can push you down. No enchantment against you. No divination against you shall ever prosper. Hallelujah. We bless you, Redeemer. Oh.